Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, <clears throat> we're back. Good luck out there, buddy. Oh my God, your hands are kind of sweaty. Mine are too. Yours are really clammy. I'm nervous. It's been so long. All right. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't either. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. It's great to be back, though. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back in to the Long Shot Podcast, episode 42. And I am here with my good friend and co-host, Davis Patrick Reed. Davis, how are we doing? I'm so good. I got to be honest, I'm a little nervous. My hands are a little sweaty, a little clammy. It's been a while. But episode 42, what a special episode, Duncan. That's my career high. Fun fact. Your career high is 42. 42 points, ninth grade. Middle school basketball, Prairie Trail, junior high. Yeah, paint, uh, paint a picture for the people here. Ninth grade basketball. So in Kansas, ninth grade, at my, they actually changed this rule since I was that age. But at the time, ninth grade was in middle school still. So it was that not part of the high school. That doesn't make any sense. Which it's even weirder that it was referred to as, like you were a freshman. You were, it was a ninth grader freshman year, but you're not at the high school. You're in the middle school. So actually, <clears throat> it's sort of like you're at the social hierarchy because you're in a school with seventh and eighth graders. And the difference between a ninth grader and a seventh grader is ridiculous. Is yeah, substantial for sure. Ninth grade is 2009. So I was 15. The seventh grader is 13. The difference between those ages is drastic. Anyway, tangent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, ninth grade basketball, I was one of those kids who hit puberty pretty early. So as, <laughs> so as a ninth grader. You're a well-developed ninth yeah, grader. hairy legs, hairy <laughs> armpits, like just like, you know, one of those. Did you kids, have the beard at this point? The mustache was coming You had a mustache in, in ninth sure. grade? Not Goodness like a, gracious. I don't think I had the chin, the chin lettuce, but I had a mustache. Wow. Anyway, this is all somewhat relevant. That yeah, is. I was probably six feet tall. I'm like six one now. So I was wow. near my peak height wise, not, I mean, would you, would you say that that was certainly your athletic peak relative to your peers? Yeah. hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wow. You and I have uh, very different. Uh, the opposite. Athletic trajectories. Honestly, the opposite. It's a yeah. shame that I am even doing this podcast with you. Cause I was like the opposite of a long shot. I think I, right. I had all the trajectory early and then just plateaued. Yeah. It's all right. We still, we yeah. still welcome your presence. Yeah, I we really that. do. So, I'm, I'll get to the end of the story. I know we haven't been back for like two months. And, and this now, is how we're leading it back in. Yeah. I love it though. It's just, just very on brand. Me. Very this on podcast brand. is about me. Yeah. So 42 points. Uh, I was just, I, that was my athletic peak. Like we talked about. Yeah. It was just 
you know, I was big, I was strong. I was one of the tallest kids on the team, but I was the point guard. I was just, I, I was, I had figured things were figured out on the basketball yeah. court for me at that age. And I just got hot. I was 20, 42 points, 42 points, 20 shots, eight threes. Wow, that's an efficient 42. Yeah, 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 yeah. 16 for 20. What were you from three? Eight of what? Eight of 12. And then I think, no, no, no. Eight of 10, maybe. It's pretty remarkable that you remember yeah. your stat line down. Well, there. it's a career. I mean, it was my, it was my basketball high. Yeah. Not just points wise, but like emotionally. I mean, I just, you know, it's amazing. It, it's, let me tell you, it's been a pleasure to watch you unpack that yeah. uh, here in front of me. It's actually a fun Made fact. Emotional. I think this has actually been documented on this podcast, but my high career high is also 42 points. I uh, think we have. Yeah. Talked in, about in, that. in a much different setting. And actually you were around for it. Um, if you want the details of that, you're going to have to episode traverse through some previous episodes. 31. Um, anyways, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we are back. Uh, it's great to be back. Sorry for that little uh, introductory tangent, but we actually, you know, we we lined up this episode and and we're just going to kind of go off cuff. Yep. Really, we're excited to be back. Uh, we're excited to to talk through some things, uh, kind of an update on on where everything's at with the NBA season. Uh, also, update of where everything's at with this podcast. Kind of the the brief hiatus, uh, which we enjoyed. Not that he- brief. Hearing from all, it was it was relatively two and a half yeah it was it's all relative yeah. um we we really enjoyed hearing from all of you uh during our our kind of dark mode silence mode yeah. uh zero dark 30 mode whatever you want to call it we missed you yeah we did we did and uh, i know i know we teased out some some content along the way but uh we are excited to announce we are back on regular regularly scheduled programming uh once a week the thursday drop just just get ready for it because long shots back we are also happy to announce that this year the podcast is going to take an asmr turn <laughs> It was, that was an idea we, uh, we floated out. Uh, David's actually floated that one out. It's, it's yeah. been shot down, but we are open to some, some new creative ideas that we're going to attack. Point is uh, we've been with, in the lab with the new year. We have been in the lab. We've been getting better. And, you know, similarly to like maybe off season workouts, just because you haven't seen it on social media doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Correct. So we have been putting our brains together, uh, Honestly, Davis is is the vast majority of the brain power no, no, no. Uh, Don't behind this whole short. operation. I'm I I kind of you know I'm like an idea man. You know if you've ever mm. seen Wedding Crashers, that monologue where he goes off, where he's you know I'm an idea man. I, I thrive off of enthusiasm. That's kind of the the uh, the scope that that my creative uh, my my creative side of the mix juices. Yeah, my creative my creative juices. <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they really get flown once, once I just have some enthusiasm yeah. and, uh, you know, that, that's kind of where I, I live. You know, that's my home. It's been a while, <laughs> man. We're all over the place. Yeah. Let's talk. Can we talk some basketball? Is that okay? Cause we've been gone for a while. A lot has happened. Let me address a few things. Cause all right, let's go. it's your favorite let's part. Let's get us back on track. Yeah, yeah. It's your favorite part of every podcast. When we talk about your records and a couple have happened, a couple have ended in our little hiatus. I think we need to address all of them. All right. First, you became the fastest in NBA history to make 600 threes. I think that happened while we were still going. Uh, It was right around. Okay. Right around. You did it in 184 games. You know who did it second fastest? 
Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Did you see my screen? Or yeah, did I did. I saw yeah. your screen. He did it in 240 games. So you basically did it. Let's talk game. about the other record. I want to talk about that. That one's one. good. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about flowers the other first and then we, then we chop you down. Okay. Okay. You ended your consecutive games played. Yeah. Due to COVID. So, you know, I, I do want to talk about this one. Let's do it. Because this this was a record. Well, can I just real quick? Yeah. 182. 182. Which is a heat, is heat record where it for ended. most consecutive games played. Got 182. It. Where did that fall on the like active so, list? Do you know who ha- has the active streak? I looked at your screen. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. Which is 270. So he's almost 100 more than you. That's impressive. Since the start of the 2018-19 season has not missed a game. Knock on wood, because obviously- I hope he doesn't miss yeah, any. Yeah, I hope he keeps 270. it 270. Do you know who has the record all time? I do, and I actually didn't see this on your computer. I know AC Green does. Do you know what it is? It's something. It's like 1,100 or 1,200. Or, 1, 000, I think it's 10 straight seasons. 1,192 games So that's more than 10 straight seasons. Which, um, oh, by the way, just real quick, that will never be broken. I don't think it will. Not even close. PJ Tucker actually said that he had one that was up in the six or seven hundreds. Really? Um, and then it it broke when he got traded oh, to wow. the Bucks. Is that true? Yeah. Well, that's what he said. I don't know. Are I didn't you, know that. Someone's going to have to fact check that. 1,192 <laughs> games for AC Green. 1986 is when it started. That's, 2001, when he retired is when it ended. That's remarkable. Actually, like one of our, seasons. I, I had brought that up. Um, the reason I knew it was AC Green is because this was a conversation that was had in the training room. And one of our trainers who's been with the Heat since 88 uh, in the organization's inception uh, was 1988 for all you basketball aficionados. Ron Rothstein. Uh, Ron Rothstein, Legend. legendary Ron Freeze Rothstein. Um, <laughs> that's a great... That's great. For those of you that watch Heat Basketball on Bally Sports Network, uh, right, are, are familiar with that Ron Rossing reenactment. Uh, anyways, one of our trainers uh, who's been around for forever said that I think AC Green at the time was with the Lakers, or maybe he was actually on somebody else at this point. I don't know. But something happened where his, they they were in town, AC Green, and his streak was in jeopardy of being broken. He had like banged his elbow the game before. I think they were on the second night of a back-to-back and the team that he was on didn't have the resources basically on hand to care for his elbow. What is that? Like an ice pack? I don't know. A wrap or something. So, so they sent him to the home team, which was the heat, uh, the heat's training room. And uh, the guy, our trainer, Jay Sable, who's been around for forever, said he came in and it looked like he had like a, <laughs> a grapefruit on his elbow. Uh, I think he had popped his like uh, bolster sack or whatever it is. I'm not a uh, athletic trainer, but I, I believe that's what it's we'll called. We'll go with bolster sack. <laughs> yeah, bolster sure. sack. Uh, and it was just swollen like crazy to the point where he he was a righty and he could not shoot the basketball. Like he could not bend his elbow, but he just still went out there <laughs> just to keep the streak alive. He's Iron Man. I mean, yeah, he's, I, he's Iron Man. Yeah, It's actually- it's legendary. I don't want to, it's kind of bullshit that like, I mean, Cal Ripken deserves a lot of respect, yeah, right. but Cal Ripken gets revered as the ultimate Ironman. When I think you can make an argument playing in that many consecutive basketball games, the wear and tear oh on her body God, yeah. is significantly more. I don't impressive. even think that's an argument. No shade thrown no uh, argument. to Cal. No, 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 no argument. Baseball, those guys like play in the grass for <laughs> four hours. Like, what are we talking about? I mean, yeah, I definitely used to like pick grass in the outfield 1, when I was in like middle school or like. 
I would daydream and eat sunflower seeds. Yeah, sunflower seeds. That's a great... The 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 best part about baseball though is baseball chatter By in general. Far. Uh great baseball chatter. Anyways, I say all that, AC Green, all this stuff to say uh that streak, the consecutive game streak was yeah. one that meant a lot to me. It was tough that, that that was broken. And and the reason that it bothered me the most was because I I got stuck in Houston. Um, we had flown, we had a back to back, a home and away back to back. And we flew to San Antonio. The San Antonio game got canceled. We didn't have enough guys. Uh, we tried to sign some 10 day guys, but we couldn't get them there in time. That game gets postponed. We get on a flight. We fly to Houston. My test when we, we test in the morning in Houston pops up positive. I felt perfectly fine. No symptoms. The reason we were testing is because as a team, we were in advanced protocols, which was uh, something put in place, implemented by the league to basically protect uh, teams that were dealing with COVID and we're going to ramp up the testing to try to catch cases earlier. So once you pass a certain threshold of positives. Yes, you get put in advanced protocol. So we were in advanced protocol, so everybody was testing. Um, and as a result, my, my test popped up positive. I didn't have any symptoms. So I'm sitting in my hotel room on New Year's Eve, watching the Miami Heat play the Rockets in the Toyota Center, which is literally a block away from the hotel. So I can look out my window and see the team playing. I'm perfectly healthy and I have to watch yeah, it's tough. on TV. Uh, also was simultaneously watching, uh, the University of Michigan Wolverines get blown out by, yeah the Georgia Bulldogs, but we've since learned that, you know, Georgia's best team in the country. Anyways, I digress. Uh, It was hard to end the streak in that way. It just seems silly that I was perfectly healthy or feeling perfectly healthy. uh, But just because my test had popped up positive that I couldn't be there and play with my teammates. This is, is this new year's Eve? It's new year's Eve. So this is how you ended 2021. It's how I ended 2021. Shitty way to end the year. Yeah. 2022 has been better. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I, I came back from COVID in yeah. 2022. How do we feel? Um, I actually had a quick, I'll tell you what, I had a quick turnaround. Um, I was only out five days and then I got cleared at 11 PM on Tuesday. I don't know exactly what the day was, but it was the night before we played the trailblazers. So I, you were here. I, I was here in Miami. I had, I had gotten flown on a medical plane um, from Houston to Miami with another member of the staff. What's a medical plane? Uh, it's, it's funny you asked. It's a great question. Uh, I didn't know what a medical plane was either. Uh, but basically we got picked up in an ambulance, um, from the hotel. This was my first time ever riding an ambulance. I'm going to knock on wood for that one too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first sure. time ever riding in an ambulance, Dan Basaccio, our video coordinator and I, uh, flew yeah, on just like a, it's like a small medical plane with like a, a medical bed on it. It's just, you know, you're transported in case of an Are emergency. Are you in the I bed? Guess. Uh, neither of us were in the bed. No, we we're just what in regular seats. Well, that was the strange thing about it, right? Because we're, we're taking all these very necessary precautions because obviously we're trying to mitigate the, the spread here. But at the same time, Dan and I, neither of us really had any symptoms. So we're just kind of like sitting there looking at each other, riding in the back of an ambulance, like, wow, what's going on here? Um, it, it was an interesting experience though. I, I think in, in some respects, I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. How was the back of an ambulance? Was it bumpy? Uh, very smooth. It, it w- actually, you know what? It, I'm, I don't get car sick. I don't really get motion sickness, but I could see if you, if you were somebody who, uh, you know, suffered from that, that that would be a very precarious situation. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I got cleared at 11 PM, uh, immediately booked a flight for the next morning. 
flew out of Miami 5.30 a.m. all the way, the furthest flight in the NBA. Furthest possible, Miami to Portland. Yep, uh, because I had been cleared um, and because of CDC guidelines, I was now able to fly. So I, I took a flight from here to Houston once again, funny enough, and then on up to Portland and made it there in time for the game in, uh, in Portland. And that was a commercial flight? That was a commercial flight, yeah. It's just ridiculous. You need to be on a PJ. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to say I'm cheap. Um, frugal, I think is the, I, I think, I think frugal is the right word. Um, and, and that's a, a very expensive, uh, private flight. What is it like for you to fly commercial? I mean, you're not LeBron James, but I mean, I, I pretty much all my, I've never flown private outside of when a, a, a team has provided it. Leg room? Um, is leg room an issue? No, not really. Do you get recognized in the airport? Nope, not really. I, I was masked up, hat on, hood on. I was just kind of chilling. Intentionally? Like you're trying to be incognito? No, just, you know, more cozy. I, I'm a big travel cozy kind of guy. Uh, you know, some people like to to travel and look fresh and clean and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I'm big uh, travel cozy. Comfort over fashion on yeah, the airplane. Yeah, for sure. When I was a kid, my uh, dad used to make us dress up for the airplane. <laughs> that's yeah, like with like a suit and tie. No, it's just like, you know, uh, like I didn't go to church growing up. <laughs> now we're just getting real personal, yeah. but it was like church clothes, you know, like a, I would wear, you know, like a polo and jeans. What's the, just like to like khakis. maintain a certain aesthetic. I think he, I don't know. Maybe it was just a different time. It's like, it was just like an, is an occasion. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. Well, what uh, what, if, you, sweats in what if you were traveling to like a warm place? And you wanted to be comfy in like cargo. Cause like that was my move. Cargo's in a pole. We would always, uh, when I was growing up, we would always come down. My, my grandfather lives in, in Florida and in our Christmas at day after Christmas, we would always fly down to Florida and my move every time. So I would wear sweatpants and I wear my bathing suit underneath. Oh, so you're ready to go right to the beach. Oh my goodness. Yeah, big yeah. beach guy. Um, anyways. Yeah. We're all over the place. It's amazing. <laughs> so let's bring us all the way back. One more record. So Fastest in NBA history to 600 threes, which you hate. Ended your consecutive games played. Also ended your consecutive three-point record. So again, yeah. we're going to start with roses. Then we're going to knock, knock you good, down a yeah. couple edges. Humble me. I like it. Uh, 69 games. Okay. Nice. Step. Oh, I was going to ask you who currently has the- Probably Steph. Yeah. You know I actually know. I, I, had, I had seen that the other day. I think it's, uh, what, 170. Five hundred sixty-four. Hundred sixty-four. He had. I'm the sure previous, it'll be 175 here yeah, soon. He had the previous record, 157. Yeah, I mean that's it's that's obviously remarkable. I'll say the same thing about Steph, though, as I said about my streak is you know when Steph takes 12, 13 threes a game, I sure. would expect him to to make at least one. Uh, he is the greatest shooter on the planet. But uh, but yeah, you know it was it was tough to see it go. You know these records, but it's provided me an opportunity to. Uh, start towards building a new one. Love you know, that glass, glass half full approach. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's great. You know, new year, new optimism. Yeah. 2022. New year, new me. Same me though. Same you. Same me. Did you have any new year's resolutions? Not really. No. I want to journal more. That seems like pretty like main mainstream. No, no, no. I think journaling is really healthy. Yeah. I mean, uh, put thoughts down. I think I do it's, it, I, I think it's okay important. Job. You know, one thing that I, I like to, to talk about is instead of calling them resolutions, call them New Year's goals. 
I like that because goals are a little bit more measurable, a little bit more attainable. Um, you know, I love if you're saying like, Oh, my new year's resolution is to go to the gym more. Yeah. Well, why not, why not make that a new year's goal of I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, write it down. Yeah. I think there's power in language and how things are said, how things are talked about. Um, yeah, that's just me though. That's beautiful. Um, Okay. I have another basketball question for you. So you have basically, you had started every game you'd played in since what, early 2019? Yeah. You now have had a couple of games where you've come off the bench. You're back in the starting lineup the other day. So I'm curious if you find a difference in not only your approach, but just the way the game develops for you, whether you're starting or coming off the bench. It is different. Um, I think in terms of the approach, I think once the, once you're in the game and the feel of the game is going on, I don't think it really feels all that different, quite frankly. I think the difference lies in like when I noticed when I was coming back and, and then coming off the bench, I had those weirdly enough. And I think part of it was because I had missed a little bit of time or whatever, but I had those, those kind of like those jitters, which I always have before every single game, but I had them like ramped up to another level. And I think part of that was the kind of sitting on the bench while the game's going on and you're just like eager to get in there. Whereas when you're starting, the ball goes up, you have all these jitters prior to, but once the game actually starts in a, you know, you're the, you're out there for the start of it. It just goes away. Yep. Um, but when you're on the bench waiting to check in, you have this kind of moment, these moments of pause where it's like, all right, all right. Like you're kind of acknowledging the flow of the game. How, how's it going? How you're going to fit into it? Uh, and so on and so forth. And then you finally get your number called and go in and check in and everything then feels the same. Um, I, I do think there's a little bit of a difference in terms of, and, and this isn't necessarily bench versus starting, but more so just kind of of late because we've had all these moving pieces and guys coming back in the lineup and still some guys being out in this revolving door of, of talent. Um, the challenge of kind of knowing, you know, for, for the, for a while there, my minutes were kind of lined up exactly how I knew it was going to be. Yeah. And you have a, uh, an ability to kind of see how the game comes to you and feel it out, whatever it is. Now there, it's much more of like, as soon as you check in, whether that's starting or you're coming off the bench, whatever it may be, it's like, all right, hit the ground running, um, be assertive, be aggressive. And I think that's where, I'm able to establish clarity is that I, I do have a very clear vision of like what my role needs to be. And, and it actually, just yeah, funny enough, it it really doesn't change much whether or not I'm starting. Um, because a lot of the actions that I get are the same, a lot of shots that I get are the same, that doesn't necessarily change. Uh, but what does change is just kind of where in the game it happens. It, the only thing I can really compare it to is, open gym. You know Love how that. when you're in the first game of open gym, yes. the speed is just different. Yeah. But if you're one of the teams that has to come in after, I remember like it just felt like things were happening so fast. Yeah. Because the other team had already, already played established a game. that rhythm. You were so I imagine there's a little bit of that. It's like it's like you almost have to play p- catch up. Yeah. It's like everyone else has got accustomed to the flow. You can watch it from the bench, but it's different coming in and then being thrust into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. Uh, and the interesting thing about the NBA is that different games have 
different flows and kind of rhythms to them. Uh, a lot of it's depending on the opponent and who you're playing and their play style. And, you know, for example, we, we just played two games this week that were drastically different. We played Saturday night against the Sixers where they're going to play a more slow pace, throw the ball into Joel. He's going to get a lot of ISO post-ups. You know, he takes his time on all those possessions. They're working down pretty much every time into the, uh, you know, the low numbers of the shot clock. And then we play the Raptors where I don't know what it was, but I, the a great majority, at least relative to the rest of the league of their points come in transition. And that's partially because they're so disruptive and create steals. I think they're number one in the NBA and uh, creating turnovers into points. But just, you know, that night to night, two different teams, both good teams, but they just win in different ways and they do it in different ways. And as a result, the games have totally different feels. Yeah, that makes sense. We were talking about the Raptors last night. Their lineup is insane. It's like they've targeted one type of player that they want to get as many of as possible. Yeah. And it's like the 6'8 to 6'11 athletic, strong, defensive-minded. Versatile. They roll out those lineups of like Scotty Barnes, Precious, OG, Siakam. Yeah. They're just flying all over the court. Yeah, no, they're they're a very uh, dynamic and, and versatile team. It's interesting because, and they they sub in a very different way as well. They had they have this revolving door of yeah. of guys, and they make it so their guys are always getting a rest. But then you look at the box score at the end of the game. I think they played seven guys yeah. last night, maybe eight. Um, but yeah, I mean the the vast majority of their minutes are split up into seven seven different players. So as a result, they're constantly subbing um and, and it allows them to to play to their strengths in terms of you know being disruptive uh and like you said the length that they have very much their personnel fits their play style yeah. and, and they do a good job of of playing to their strengths it's funny because there have been there's been that crusade right for a while like i remember the bucks were one of the first teams this is way way back when jason kidd was coaching when it was like you know, they're going to switch everything. They're going to switch one through five and they're going to get these bigs and these wings that can guard all positions. And then that kind of became like the thing of the NBA. You know, Draymond was really successful in switching and, and the Warriors obviously do it at a high level now too. And, uh, I think the Raptors are just another really good example of, of having that. And obviously we do it a lot too. I was now say that, your lineup is built for that too. Well, right. It's interesting. This stretch that we've had this season has been an interesting one, but you know, having started the season, we were one of the top switching teams and we were really effective with it because we had the personnel to do so and bam. And then we actually had to transition away from that and win, find a way to win games in totally different ways because we were playing with, with guys like Omer and, and uh, Dwayne who stepped up massively. Yeah. Um, but in order to play to their strengths, that looks a lot different than playing to BAM strengths. Um, so I think now we, we've kind of had the best of both worlds and that we've learned how to win in different ways. Uh, and we've also had experiences because you never know what's going to happen throughout the course of a se- uh, season or a series. Mm-hmm. And you might need to, you know, win game one way different than how you're going to win game four, five, six, or seven. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. Yeah, makes sense. Um, speaking of really athletic guys, I have a question for you. John ja Morant. Yeah. Has been unbelievable this year. He, yeah, he's been incredible. I think it's pretty well documented. I mean, he's yeah. like serious all NBA case. Mm-hmm. Who are you trading? If you're Memphis, who in the NBA are you trading John ja Morant for? Is there anybody? I mean, I am in no way qualified to like take a firm stance on this um, because I don't even really understand the intricacies of cap and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I know it to the very uh, base level, but I don't. I don't know if you're trading anyone for Jaw. I mean, like especially with what that team has, and he is obviously the centerpiece of what they're doing. But he fits in perfectly to what they have. Uh, his ability to score in the paint. I think he's like top five and scoring in the paint on the season, which is incredible for somebody to do that at what, like six, one, whatever he's yeah. listed at. Um, I mean, you see Giannis score close to 20 points uh, per game in the paint and you understand how and why, but for somebody at jaws size and, and frame, I mean, he's, he's relatively slight too. Um, he's not, you know, super built, but the ability that he has to get into the paint and then finish is just incredible. So my answer to your question is I don't think I'm, I'm moving him for anybody. Milwaukee comes to you and says Giannis for jaw straight up. I mean, what are you doing? I think I'm taking Giannis. Interesting. Guy's an NBA champ, two-time MVP. If I'm like, if I'm in Memphis and I, I have what I have, like they're an exciting, fun team and they're young. They're really good. I mean, they're what, 31 and 15, and, I and, think, right yeah, now? Yeah, and right now they're perfectly built for somebody like Ja to, to be their leader. But, I mean, he's he is putting up incredible numbers. And, and I think the most impressive thing is is how it's contributing to winning. Like you said, they're you know one of the one of the hottest, if not the hottest teams in the NBA right now. Yeah, probably Having won 11 straight. And I know they dropped one recently, but I think they just, you know, have picked up right where they let, left off right we, after. So. We, uh, we looked up their his numbers. 24, 6, and 7 right now. Is Ja. Brand. Ja. 24, 6, and 7 on 49% from the field, 36% from three, 77% from the line. If you look at Derek Rose, year three, yeah. the year he won the MVP, 25, 4, and 8 on 45% from the field, which is lower than Ja. 33% from three, which is lower than Ja. 86% from the line, which is really good. But I mean, it's right there. I mean, those numbers yeah. are right in line with each other. Now, I think the Bulls had the best record in the NBA that okay. year that D-Rose won the MVP. That obviously matters. I don't think John Morant has real MVP uh, argument right now. But the point being, his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, he's been he's been insanely good. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about MVP is that the way narratives play an impact on it. It seems like it's all narrative. Right, so it's like at some point this year, and I'm sure it'll happen, especially if he continues to do what he's done and the, the Grizzlies stay on the trajectory that they are, there is going to be a media campaign sure. for John Morant to win MVP. Rightfully so. There should be, as you can see, his numbers are right there with guys that have won in the past at his position. And it's interesting how it's just a matter of sure. whether or not that campaign picks up traction. Is that, um, that really- and that's not to say that it should or shouldn't, because I think obviously you have to have the stats to back it up, but there is something to be said about how just silly it is that yeah. how narratives get pushed and played and picked up are actually determining 
real things that we like engage in and yeah, yeah. and compare oh, players I mean, we based hold off up of. legacies based yeah a hundred percent I mean it's it's you know for better or worse it's it's a very real part of you know the sport and, and yeah. the league in general um how and and these media members really hold a voice as well. I mean, actually it's, it's a perfect segue, but <laughs> oh Davis, God. Davis was actually, uh, awarded a yeah. press credential for so the first time. It was a win for all of us. The yeah. long shot community. It was, it was a win for you guys. I mean, it was. It's just, I think it was a collective, another little notch of like, Hey, maybe we're, maybe we're making it. It was also a huge win for me personally, because I didn't have to buy you a ticket. Correct. So that, that was, uh, and even though I, I would love to, of course, no, don't do that. Buy you a I ticket whenever you're in Miami. Um, but it was nice to, it, it was a cool moment for me, yeah. for me to hit you up be like, Hey, are you, do you need me to get your ticket for tonight? And you're just like, no, I'm, I'm good. good. I got I, it. I, I got us. I blew it. I will say I blew it. I walked in and, uh, I, by the way, Year in the headlights had no idea what I was doing. Did you dress up? Did you like wear a? I, I would typically wear sweats to the game. Yeah. I put on like decent Something pants, nice. a nice little jacket. Did you have like a backpack? No. So uh, there are a couple things that if I get this privilege again that I'll learn. Yeah. I was one of the only guys at the table who didn't have a laptop or an iPad. Gotta have, yeah. Have to. So I, I mean, just that's looked a huge, like a, I yeah. feel like that is the sole outside of getting a, a comped ticket. I feel like that is like the number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Best part of. You can have your laptop. Yeah, of being at these games as as a member of the press is you can have your laptop. So there's a lot that I learned. Yes, having a laptop is necessary. I didn't know where I was going. I was just aimlessly walking around. I looked out of place. But it's a perfect segue. You talking about how these media guys who can can really control destiny of legacy and all this stuff. And what I learned is it's just, it. I think you build up NBA media guys to be something that they might not be. Wow. Do you have some shade that you're looking to, to throw beef. here? I don't want to start beef, but I'm going to be honest. Let's call out particular outlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. So CS, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting at the at the media table in the in FTX, which was awesome. I'm there with a couple other uh, gentlemen and they all have laptops. All, but I'm looking over, I'm eavesdropping a little bit. These guys are on like Facebook, they're on Twitter. They're like checking their email. I think, I think Twitter is like somewhat, but not relevant. basketball Twitter. Like they're yeah. sur- aimlessly surfing around. And then two guys, they must've been with the Raptors. I, I, I don't know who they were with. I don't know their names, but they're like, at one point, Gabe Vincent to shout out to Gabe. Cause he's been unbelievable. Oh, he played fantastic. Yeah. He played great, great last night. I think he had 15. Yeah. There was a point in the game where he hit a three. And they must have been Raptors guys because they didn't seem like they really knew who he was. And one of them, these are like 60-year-old guys. And one of them was like, I'm telling you what, man, you put me out there in that guy's role and I'm hitting that shot too. And I was just sitting there like, are you kidding me? The the level of disrespect, but not even disrespect. It's like, it's an unawareness. It's yeah, a it's lack unawareness. of self-awareness. It's ignorance. To, for to you to be covering extent. basketball. And yeah. think that you can go out there and do what Gabe Vincent is doing. It's just, it was embarrassing. It's it's interesting because whenever I have any sort of, uh, whenever I go on like another podcast or I have some sort of interview or, or whatever, I always get asked about uh, Mark Titus and I's interaction yeah. when I was at Michigan. And I love Mark Titus, dear friend of mine. Uh, but he basically, I, I sent him a text and he's talked about it. I, I sent him a text asking basically if I could intern for the ringer. 
because at this point I was a lowly role player in lowly. college college basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, and it, I actually did it because it was a requ- requirement for a class that I was taking a career planning class. But that somehow has gotten lost in no. This has all been thing. well documented. Anyways, at it, it, it's funny for me to look back on that time and to think that I actually wanted to be a member of the media um, because now that I am a, in the NBA and, and I interact with media on a consistent basis, I see not only my perception of the media, but the, the general perception that players yeah. have of the media and yeah. coaches have of the media. And that's not to say that there are not good media people out there, good people who do good work and do honest work. But I do think, and this is tying into the John Morant MVP narrative thing all all at once, I do think there is a lot of uh, headline grabbing, clickbaity. For sure. That, that kind of content is what supersedes the honest, long form, true analytical writing and, and pieces. And like, it's funny for me to look back on that time in my life when I was in college and wanting to do that because... I realized that I looked up to those writers and honestly, like Mark Titus is, is does an incredible job of infusing comedy and kind of yeah. com- comedic relief into his pieces. But he also does like very thoughtful, long winded and, and, and takes in different forms of media into his writing and does a really good job with it. And that stuff I think, I think is, is awesome. Um, but the vast majority of stuff that I think we all kind of interact with tends to not be that. Yeah, no, I agree. And you would know better than I do. I mean, I, well, you are a part of the media, Well, no, but not really. I mean, we're not doing long form content, but we this do, is long form. I mean, this is going to be like a 45 minute. True, episode. true, true, true. But we're not, I will say we have to fight the clickbaity thing because we don't want to be clickbaity. But at the same time, true. I get why you need to be in. Yeah, some it's promotional. Sense. I mean, it's, you, it's what you what's, want your stuff to yeah. get hit. Eyeballs. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. But anyway, this sort of rattled my world a little bit. I was like, really? These guys are, I was just, I was was like, come on, what are we doing? I'd love to get some names. I know. Uh, God, I wish I could give some juicy stuff. Yeah. But for now, we're just going to have to, just kind of making all this all in together. Yeah. I don't have any names. So, all right. Fair enough. Whatever. What else do we got? Um, Do you want to talk about uh, Discord happening? Yes, that's a great, that's a great, uh, little tidbit. So we actually have a long shot discord that we're going to, uh, be putting out. It's actually active right now. Uh, we just don't have any members of it yet (laughs) because nobody's listened to these words yet that I'm now saying breaking news, but we're going to start promoting it. Uh, it's basically a way to take the conversation that we're having here and put it into a space where you all, the members of the community, uh, feel very comfortable. Uh, and and honestly, like Davis and I are both going to be in there engaging with you all. And, uh, for us, it's going to kind of be a learning experience. I don't really know a lot about discord. Neither do I, um, but we figured it's a, it's kind of a more genuine way for us to interact with you guys instead of just being like, Hey, comment what you guys want to see or (laughs) comment what you like, like smash that like button. Yeah. Instead it can actually be like a, a conversation, uh, and a dialogue. And also 
we're we're actually going to be doing some cool stuff in there, just like promotional, giving stuff away, uh, giveaways, all that sort of good stuff. Go ahead, tease it. Um, yeah, just tease it out Tickets, a little bit. I, I'll, shoes, I'll say, yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. I will say though, there is good reason uh, to join outside of just getting uh, you know to interact with us a little bit because honestly, that's really not that cool. Um, but, hey. but what is cool is uh, some of the stuff that we'll be giving away and some of the stuff that we'll be doing in there. Yeah. So more to come. More to come. Yeah. Stay tuned on that. We'll, we'll be taught. We'll be like slowly teasing that kind of stuff out uh, as the episodes go on. Yep. All right. Reddit question of the week. I think we'll keep doing these. I don't know. This is all working. Honestly, we should do a discord question. Of the week. That is a great idea actually. So so as you can see, we're sort of working this out in real time. <laughs> we'll do a we'll do a we'll do a Discord question of the week. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right, Discord question of the week. But for now, because the Discord doesn't exist, we're going to do a Reddit question of the week. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have a Reddit question. This comes I from this comes from Clay Toaster. <laughs> Clay Toaster. Love Clay it. Toaster. And they ask: Fully healthy, rank each of these teams. Go. Bucks, Nets, Suns, Warriors. Bucks, Nets, Suns, Warriors. Yeah. Um, I think you have to go with the defending champs. Bucks one. Bucks one. Okay. Uh, once again, this is not off of like recent trends or who's playing well, whatever. Yeah, fully healthy. Yeah, Just sure. who you think. Uh, Bucks one. I'll take the Suns too because they played them in the finals last year. Sure. I'll take the Warriors three. Wow. That's probably disrespectful actually to the Nets. I'll take the Warriors three. I'll take the Nets four. Really? What was after that? That's it. That's those four. Oh yeah. Those four. That sounds good. Really? I mean. I'm surprised by that. Is that including Kyrie? Kyrie. Yeah. Fo- fully, fully healthy. healthy. Well, so, he's been healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Playing in all games. Yeah. Um, I might redact with that claim. I think I'd put the Nets. I might even put the. Nets I'd probably the put Suns. the Nets too. Yeah, no, I think I'm the Bucks that. first. You had the defending chance. Yeah, you put the defending chance. I still chance think they're really I, I, I would maybe actually put the Bucks too. Nets one. I mean the Nets two. Yeah, Bucks, Bucks one. one, Nets yeah. two, Suns three, Warriors four. Sure, I think I would do the same. I think that's right. Well, that's what you just did. <laughs> well, I helped you get there. Yeah, I wish we could disagree on. Well, we kind of did. No. I can't believe you. You wanted to put the Nets last. I honestly like. I don't really get caught up in like ranking. No, talk your shit. You guys smacked them. Other teams. No, I'm not, I know. Honestly, it's just like, it's not really, uh, that's why like, I'm basically just kind of going off of last year and, and just kind of giving teams the respect that they've earned from a previous season. It's like, it's hard to get yeah. too bogged down in, in that type of stuff when you're just, Right now, it's just so locked in on the, the day. Yeah, man, I'm just taking season. it day by day, oh, okay. man. I'm just looking at the game in front of me, you know, right. just focused on getting better. I get it. Okay, long thoughts. Yeah. Which is one of our favorite segments. We've oh, only, yeah, long thoughts. We've yeah. only done it once. Yeah. We're bringing and, it back though. 2022, long thoughts is here yeah, to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just- I just, a, I just love the opportunity to get really introspective. I couldn't I think that- more. You can't put a value on just thinking a little bit deeper about things. I couldn't agree more. Um, and also just having the vulnerability to do so. Couldn't agree more. So on that note, this question comes from Chris. And they ask- Just Chris. Yeah, just Chris. We don't want to throw last names Yeah, out, true. Right? No one's governments just, need yeah, to be out there. Respect privacy. Yeah, fair Chris. enough. Chris. Uh, and they ask, 
how do you guys alleviate or reduce stress when it comes to important tasks, whether it be academics mm. or athletics? Do you think a bit of nerves is okay? I think a bit of nerves is more than okay. My mom used to tell me if you're nervous, it just means you care. Yeah. I think, I think nerves are absolutely okay. I mean, I still get pregame jitters. I still, or like if I'm going into a, a big meeting or a conversation, whatever. We were nervous I, to do this. Yeah. hundred percent was ner- hands got all clammy. All Le- sorts legitimately. Of stuff. Um, I think nerves are absolutely okay. And I think that as long as you know how to kind of like handle and combat nerves, like you don't, obviously a bad form of nerves is like freezing up nerves. That's not yeah. really what we're looking yeah. for. And if we're going to try to perform at a high level, um, but general nerves and just kind of like anxiety towards performing a certain level of it is okay. It's, for sure. it's part of what makes you feel alive and well. Um, the other side of that is interesting for me to unpack because for so much of my life, uh, when I was going through something that was stressful or I was anxious about, I would use basketball as my outlet, right? Or working out yeah. as my outlet. Now, as you can imagine, because I'm I'm asked to perform at a high level on a nightly basis, um, basketball can't necessarily be the outlet for sure. basketball. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's actually been a challenge, something that I've kind of wrestled with. Um, sometimes what I'll do is funny enough, I'll use basketball, but just in a different way. Like one thing I'll do every now and then is just, I'll like go to the gym at night and just put headphones in and not like, Oh, I'm going to work on like shooting threes coming out. No, like I'm just going to play basketball. Like I used to, when I was a kid, like working out in my driveway, like just get shots up, whatever. That's one thing. The other thing is sometimes I'll, to alleviate stress as it pertains to basketball is I'll get away from the game and try to find other outlets. Uh, you know, we, you and I were actually talking about this before we started recording, but as two of us being incredibly classic overthinkers, it's really valuable for us to find activities that require the full capacity of our minds. Quiet so we down. can't live in our own minds while we're doing them. Yep. Um, one of those for me is, one golf and I don't get to play a lot of golf during the season. Honestly, I really don't, but every now and then if I can find a day, I will. And I think it's great because if you're thinking about anything other than golf while you're playing golf, you're not going to be playing golf very well. And I don't play golf very well as is. So imagine me not thinking about golf and trying to play golf. That's one. And then also just like kind of being, mindful, like, like simple little breathing practices, um, work, focusing on my breath, doing breathing, that sort of stuff, I think does a really good job of just kind of centering you as well. Could not what agree do you got? more. So you're saying find your outlet. Yeah. Got to have your outlets. Yes. I think, like we said, first you have to acknowledge that stress is okay. Nerves yes. are okay. Everyone feels those things. It's just some people have learned how to channel them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day I wish I could give this person credit. I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about how studies have shown that 85% of what we worry about doesn't happen. Ends up not happening. Yeah. 85%, which I can relate so deeply to because like you just talked about, overthinker here. Yeah. Worry about everything constantly. Oldest child, so I think maybe it's kind of the stereotype. Sure. Worry about everything. I worry about what I'm going to eat. I worry about what I'm going to wear. I worry about if it's too hot and I'm going to sweat outside, like I just right. worry about everything. My mind goes to the worst 
case scenario all the time. Right. So acknowledging that let's just worry about what's in front of us. Let's be present. A lot of this stuff that I'm worrying about probably won't even happen. 85%. Mm-hmm. That's almost everything. Yeah. So it's, it's acknowledging it's okay to worry, but a lot of this stuff probably is not going to happen. Let's just control what we can control. And then just start. My advice would be just start. If you're stressed out about a test, just start studying. Just make a list and just start. Because once you start checking things off, you're going to start feeling better. If you're nervous about a job interview, just start, do some research. Yeah. Work, look at your resume. Just start to prepare for it. If you're nervous about a game, go get some extra shots up if that's going to make you feel better. Love it. Or go to sleep if that's going to make you feel well rested. Just make a list of things you need to do and start. I I love that little monologue you just went on. Uh, one thing though, absolutely bullshit that you didn't cite the credible source that provided you that information uh, and, and pretty selfish of you in general uh-huh. uh, to deflect all of their rightful credit yeah. towards you. Uh, I, I think that's bullshit. But I will say in, the, uh, in a similar light, I always love saying, and I heard this from somebody else, so I'm now going to do what you just did and not remember where I heard this from. But uh, worrying is like carrying an umbrella around waiting for it to rain. And it's just, when you think of it in that way, what a silly concept that is. Unless it's like a really stylish umbrella, it adds to your- your Yeah, or a gloomy day, then I guess you're just prepared. But think about it. If it's a beautiful day out and you just have an umbrella popped open and you're just holding it over your head, what a nuisance that is. Or a fashion statement. (laughs) You are pretty fashion forward. Thank you. You're right. But I mean, just just think of, of- you know, just that, that little metaphor, I believe. Analogy? Yeah, Maybe metaphor. metaphor. Prob- well, yeah. I, I, analogy. Get my, I get my, uh, we'll go my language a little mixed up with that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyways, do we have anything else or, or is that- Did we help? I don't know if we helped. Uh, we maybe, we maybe didn't. I don't know. I, hope I, think, I think actually the, the kind of the thesis was one, nerves are okay. Two, find your outlet. And three- just start. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? You just start. Get the, the ball rolling. Yeah. Our nerve momentum is an incredible thing. Progress, Gravity. Baby. All of these, these laws of physics. We as human beings are most satisfied when we can look back and see progress. Yeah. So if you just make a list and start, things are going to start to get better. Yeah. They're going to see and progress. And the interesting thing now Your we're just- do list on, is going to shrink. We're on this little tangent, but the interesting thing about progress that I always find is that you've always- made more than you feel in the moment. For sure. Like it's sometimes it's hard to have that perspective of how far you've come, but do your best to like take that 10,000 foot view. And and when you do take it, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. You deserve it. This is also a lot of good advice for ourselves. Ourselves. I think that's actually, I think this this. long thoughts is actually way more about us. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's a way for us to just sort of work out our own demons. It is. Yeah. Which I think is healthy. Okay. Finally, let's hit a long shot feature. I love it. It's been too long and I have a really special one for you. Can I read this? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to take this one. So Norman Ruff, R-U-F-F, Ruff, Ruff, Norman Ruff. Yeah. 80 year old man in Ontario. Canada. Love it. He fought off a black bear that came through his kitchen window in a 20-minute altercation (laughs) with only his fists. This is true. I'm not making this up. Wait, I have some questions. He was interviewed about the process. He says that 
he was basically just fending this thing off. It was in his house for 20 minutes until he eventually managed to get to the front door, open the front door and usher the thing out. Usher Raymond, that thing out. Yeah. So my thought is, I want to know the dimensions of the bear because (laughs) if it comes through a window, it can't be that big of a bear. First off. Okay, hold on. I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to take away from this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's fair to take away. No, because it's, it's an incredible feat and he should be applauded because of it. And I don't even know how I would react. I mean, I, maybe these are just Canada things, you know, things that Canadians have to think about and are prepared for. Um, but I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin when I was, if I were to be approached by a, an animal of that stature. So these are fair questions. Norman Ruff had seen signs. Hold on, let me, I'm going to read this article to you. <laughs> Norman Ruff had seen signs of bears before around his cottage near Port Carling in Muskoka. Maybe that's, I think that, that must be in Ontario, it right? Must be, yeah. Garbage Sounds cans crazy. knocked over, bird feeders knocked off, but he had never really spotted one. That is until the morning when a black bear came through his kitchen window at 1.30 a.m. Oh my goodness back gracious. Out. Talk about a wake-up call. The commotion from a trapped bear woke up the 80-year-old man. What are you doing? And and I totally just forgot to acknowledge the fact that he's doing this at 80 years old. Thank you. I mean, that is an an incredible physical feat. How about this? And he should be applauded. The two duked it out for about 20 minutes. (laughs) Ruff said he punched the bear several times on the nose. That was the only place I could reach, he said. I love it. The bear also got a few jabs in. He gave me a couple good slaps. He was flinging his arms around. These are quotes. He meant business. He roared. Oh boy. Oh dear. Sounds like a Jake Paul fight. It really does. <laughs> In a way it does. Now this, this would do pay-per-view numbers. Rough. He he suffered some nerve damage in his thumb. Uh, that's a small price to pay though for the store. Yeah, right, right. Honestly, I, I mean, that's a, that's an incredible story. He managed to open the front door during the altercation. And the bear eventually found his way out. Good for rough, man. How about that? Wow. Pretty special stuff. It's fun. fun and a long stuff. shot. I mean, that's a great, that's a great long shot. You're 80 years old. On. A black bear breaks into your house. Yeah. The odds of you duking it out for 20 minutes aren't high. You know, and I'm, this is going to kind of be a dark comment, <laughs> but you know, when I imagine, and I'm not obviously anywhere near 80 years old, but like, I imagine once you get to that point in your life, you probably realize that there aren't a lot of noteworthy <laughs> things that can still happen. You know, yeah. and that's not to say you can't travel and do other things, but like- It's bleak, but sure. Okay. It is a little dark, but to still have an, a physical accomplishment of that status at that age, yeah. I, I just think should should be applauded and acknowledged. And that's why we're doing it, clearly. I agree. Uh, Shout out Norman. But Ryan. I think more people, it's, it's just bullshit that mainstream media hasn't picked this up. Agreed. <laughs> also, shout out to the bear for just, you know, coming in, slap boxing for 20 <laughs> minutes and leaving. You know, it could have gone a bad direction, but it sounds like he was in it for just a good fight too. Yeah. Maybe we'll have the bear on as a future guest yeah, in the pod. I like That'd that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, anyways, that was the first episode back. Um, was, went a whole bunch of different yeah, directions. We forgot how to do this. We we kind of did uh, for full transparency. So we're just kind of rolling with the punches, going with the flow, uh, seeing what feels right. And we went a, we went a lot of different directions, but uh, I think we're all better off because of it. Yeah, I, I think really so too. Do. And uh, I, I do. I'm looking forward to being back next week. It's back a part of the the routine, the rhythm and flow of uh, of you know doing a podcast. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back.